Normally, Madison Webb liked January. If you grew up used to golden California sun, winter could be a welcome novelty. The cold, not that it ever got truly cold in L.A., made your nerves tingle, made you feel alive. Not this January, though. She had spent the month confined to a place of steel and blank windowless walls, one of those rare corners of L.A. compelled to operate throughout the Chinese New Year. It never stopped, day or night. She had been working here for three weeks, 20 shifts straight, taking her place alongside the scores of seamstresses hunched over their machines. Though the word seamstresses was misleading. As Maddie would be explaining to the L.A. public very soon, the word suggested some ancient artisanal skill, while in reality, she and the other women were on an assembly line, in place solely to mind the devices, ensuring the fabric was placed squarely in the slot and letting the pre-programmed robotic arm do the rest. They were glorified machine parts themselves. Except that machines, as she would put it in the first of a series of undercover reports on life in an L.A. sweatshop, would be treated better than these people who had to stand at their workstations for hours on end, raising their hands for a bathroom break, surrendering their phones as they arrived, lest they surreptitiously try to photograph this dingy basement, where, starved of natural light and illuminated by a few naked light bulbs, she felt her eyesight degraded by the day. Being deprived of her phone had presented the most obvious obstacle, Maddie reflected now, as she fed a stretch of denim through the roller, ensuring its edges aligned before it submitted to the stitching needle. She had worked with Catherine Hu, the resident tech genius in the office, and Maddie's best friend there, to devise a concealed camera. Its lens was in the form of a button on her shirt. From there, it transmitted by means of a tiny wire to a digital recorder taped in the small of her back. It did the job well, giving a wide-angled view of everything she faced. Turn 360 degrees and she could sweep the whole place. It picked up snatches of conversation with her fellow seamstresses and with Walker the foreman, including a choice moment as he instructed one bitch to get back to work. With nearly 200 hours of recordings, she knew she had enough to run a story that would have a serious impact. The camera had caught in full the incident nearly a week ago when Walker had denied one of Maddie's co-workers a bathroom break, despite repeated requests. The woman's pleas had grown desperate, but he just bellowed at her, How many times do I have to say it, Shabai? You've been on your break already today. He used that word often. But calling a woman a cunt in a room full of other women represented an escalation all the same. When the other workers started yelling, Walker reached for the nightstick that completed his pseudo-military brown and beige polyester uniform, the kind worn by private security guards in supermarkets. He didn't use the weapon, but the threat of it was enough. The crying woman collapsed at the sight of it. A moment or two later, a pool of liquid spread from her. At first, they thought it was the urine she had been struggling to contain, but even in this light, they could see it was blood. One of the older women understood. That poor child, she said, though whether she was referring to the woman or the baby she had just miscarried, Maddie could not tell. She had been near enough to film the whole scene. Edited, it would appear alongside the first article in the series. 
She was writing in her head at this very moment, mentally typing out what would be the second section of the main piece. Everyone knew already that sweatshops like this one were rife across California, providing cheap labor, thanks mainly to migrants who had dashed across the Mexican border in the dead of night to make or finish goods for the U.S. or Latin American markets. That wasn't news. L.A. Times readers knew why it had happened, too. These days, the big Chinese corporations found it cheaper to make goods in L.A. rather than in Beijing or Shanghai, now that their own workers cost so much. What people didn't know was what it was actually like inside one of these dumps. That was her job. The stats and the economics she'd leave to the bean counters on the business desk. What would get this story noticed was the human element.